This is Ask the Experts. Here's Karan Bhatia. I am Karan Bhatia, joined by Dan Tom. You know him as an MMA analyst for MMA Junkie, USA Today Sports, host of the Protect Your Neck podcast. He's a lifelong martial artist. He's training for his own fights. Dan, what are you not doing? That's the question. <laughs> uh, it's pretty crazy, man. But, you know, uh, I, I don't know if a Pokemon reference dates me, but uh, <laughs> it, it's a pleasure to 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 be caught by the Pokemon catcher here in, in a sense of that, like you are catching great interviews, whether it's boxing, mixed martial arts, combat sports. You're a really talented guy yourself. So don't go don't go casting the stone of multi talents on me, sir, um, you, when you 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 hold that key yourself. So I, I appreciate you. <laughs> Check is in the mail, check or Venmo. Venmo's coming after this. I appreciate you, man. Well, you know, we have UFC 280, and I can't do a show previewing a huge UFC event without talking to you. Um, this is your world, and I want to get your thoughts on, on every fight. I want to get any good picks that you have. Um, so let's start at the top, of course. The lightweight title bout. Charles Oliveira, Islam Mahachev. I want to make sure I say it correctly. Um what are your thoughts on this main event? I mean, break it down for me. It's a it's a really fun fight, you know. From a betting perspective, you got Mahachev as the favorite. And if that doesn't mean anything to you and you're not a better, first of all, good for you. Secondly, <laughs> um, it essentially translates to how you would expect it to where uh, usually, and this is not always the case, mind you, like when Nate Diaz fights, for example, he's usually the underdog. But in this case, the hyped fighter, which is Mahachev, uh, due to, of course, the massive hype and, and deserved hype, granted, that Khabib Nurmagomedov gets. This is the second coming, the 2.0. Of course, Khabib is coaching Makachev, where you have the more veteran who took the long road there, which often is the case with these Brazilian fighters, mind you. You know, the RDAs, the Rafael dos Anjos of the world. Uh, now within that same division, Charles Oliveira, right? He took the long road to get there, something I really appreciate. And he still feels like he's not getting the respect despite overcoming his own odds um, as an underdog, which he finds himself this Saturday. So I would say that is the, the basic setup of what we're looking at. And it has even technical nerds like myself, if you will, uh, just just nerding out over the, the, the possibilities from a styles perspective. I mean, if you look at these guys record, uh, they haven't lost since 2016, 2018. I mean, it's it's been it's a collision course. And, and that's one thing that I love in a title bout is that it's the right momentum, right? It's not, oh man, this guy's fighting this guy. I wish he was fighting this. This is the matchup that that we want to see. Um, I mean, what what are your thoughts on that? These guys trending in, in the right direction here. Yeah, they are absolutely. You know, there's a uh, there's a lot of legacy talk, which I think is a little premature, even with the aforementioned Khabib Nurmagomedov. I mean. His legacy is an undefeated record, and that's impressive. But if you want to talk about history and actually being a part of it, Charles Oliveira has been there. He's been a part of the history. He's fought many of champions in many divisions. And um, his time has been long and coming when you want to talk about that trajectory. Uh, but as far as the trajectory I see, as far as them colliding, it's interesting. You know, Makachev's kind of already anointed as the second coming. So none of us should be surprised if the favorite pulls through here. Um, I'm not sure who you're picking or if you've got a lean, but I actually like the underdog who should be the sitting champion, if not for an Arizona uh, scale commission uh, flub, in my opinion. Of course, Oliveira having the title stripped from him unfairly. He is the uncrowned king here. And I think he proves that statement. Oh, uh, you know, Makachev's still young. It's not the end of the world if he loses here. It doesn't mean that he's not good. He is a very talented fighter. It's something myself and many have been saying. So don't get it twisted, folks. 
But if you're asking me my opinion as far as trajectories go, uh, yeah, I, I think that this could be a really good spot for Charles Oliveira and perhaps to surprise people with not just a win, but perhaps how he wins. There, there are certain uh, certain certain details here. Uh, if can I can I share share it with your audience really quick? Oh, please do. This is this is you asked me who I was picking. I'm picking whoever you tell me to pick. So okay. please, this is this is why you're here. So go go yeah. in, man. Careful following that. That by the way, but no, no, no. I appreciate that. But you know, sometimes it's and again, not every time I'm I'm super excited, and this fight it just gets me all excited. And not every time when I'm breaking down a fight do I kind of have that Leo DiCaprio once upon a time in Hollywood moment where you're like, right there, right there, there, there it is. But something I noticed is that basically Charles Oliveira always feeds his front chokes and his submission chokes to his left side. Every scenario, every iteration, every part of his career, which stems a long way. So I went to see Islam Makachev. Which side does he put his head to when he shoots his takedowns? Which side does his head sag off to in the clinch? And can you guess it? Just about, if not just as consistent, like up into the 99.9 percentile consistent, it sure enough goes to that right side, which is Oliveira's left side. Now, does that mean Oliveira is going to win, much less win by submission? No, this is a, as you know, Curran, this is a very volatile, as most combat sports are, very volatile. Anything can happen. But... I will say muscle memory is an mf -er, you know? When you're under duress, stress, when you're hurt, when you're tired, we tend to revert back to our base of instincts, whether we're fighting and in a fight or just a human being because it's human nature. So I feel like I could present that information that I just gave you and your audience, Curran, to Khabib and Islam's camp. And it really wouldn't matter on the base of the outcome of that fight, even if it does end up that way. Because again, when, when, when the S hits the fan, you tend to go back to your base. So I'm actually going to pick Oliveira by submission. I think he can hurt him as the better striker on the feet. And I think his layers in the clinch are going to make him too dangerous to just snatch that neck. It's, it's great analysis there. And, and I'm looking at the odds right now presented by our friends at DraftKings. Oliveira for the, on the money line is plus 160. Islam is minus 190. But to your point, the submission for Oliveira plus 300. So you can get some more value there. Any value in your mind on either Oliveira by KOTKO DQ, which is coming in at plus 550 right now, or Oliveira by decision, which is plus 1200 and any value in those spots. Excellent. Excellent numbers. I like those. And I am on those aforementioned numbers that you mentioned for the submission and Oliveira side. Good luck to you. <laughs> well, well, there you to have the it. There you go. Well, okay. So there's, the, there's definitely value there. We, we were talking about Oliveira and uh, the weight that he had the issue last time. That's why he's not currently the champion. If he wins this fight, he will be the champion. There was talk about the scale last time. It was a half pound. It wasn't like four mm -hmm. or five pounds or anything crazy. Any concern or pause when you see a fighter in their past fight miss weight and coming into this big fight? No, because uh, again, not so much a half pound. I am a stickler on the rules. The rules are the rules. But um, that was a weird context where there was a lot of misreporting and, and the scales weren't aligned. There's usually multiple scales. There's a check scale on the back and the official scale. Both should be monitored by the commission. There were issues with that. People, to your point, do bring up past weigh-ins when they have missed weight in the past. Now, Oliveira has missed weight in the past and that was thrown in his face. But a fact I want to remind the audience, all those weight misses happened at 145 pounds. He has never missed weight uh, except for maybe the last fight, however you want to look at that. He has never missed weight at 155 pounds, so that doesn't worry me. The intangible, what worries me more, is the travel. The travel, because that does affect weight cuts, 
But I just think, you know, traveling to Abu Dhabi is, is a far away way for people like for, for a lot of people, depending on where your geography is around the world. And that is kind of like the second home to Mahachev. So he definitely has home field advantage there. I think that that is the more intangible to look at here. NBA fans, the wait is over. Basketball is back. So tip off the season with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA Moneyline bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings up to 100% with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt in, and place a stepped up same game parlay today. With payouts bigger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is where I go to bet on the NBA. And we have the Warriors hosting the Lakers. I'm excited for that one. I'm going to make a play on that. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code CURRAN, C-U-R-R-A-N. Make any $5 bet this week and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code CURRAN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And it's not just a top-heavy card with with one big fight, as we've seen sometimes in pay-per-views. This is a card where you can get your money's worth, and that's what we want as fans. Uh, we want interesting matchups on the undercard. And we have one. We're going to bantamweight. Aljamain Sterling taking on TJ Dillashaw. It's an absolutely fascinating uh, matchup. Sterling, of course, defending the belt there. Dillashaw, we know what he's been through in this game. Um, break it down for me. Your, your thoughts on this co-main event. This is this is tough, man. You know, uh, I came in one way, and when I ran the analysis through the proverbial comb, if you will, Kern, I ended up the other side, which is which is kind of problematic because you know I got to be honest with my biases. And Aljamain Sterling does share a coach and similar stomping grounds in Extreme Couture. He is a Sarah Longo fighter. Longo will be in his corner. Longo's the man, uh, but uh, he does obviously still work at my gym and. Uh, and my coach, I've seen him in the same practices and stuff. So, you know, I got to be careful with my words here. That being said, we also are a Bang Muay Thai affiliated gym. So we've got some connections to the Dillashaw side as well. And uh, yeah, I, I came in liking Aljamain Sterling, who is your odds on favorite. I'm sure Kern will hit us with the odds here in a second. But uh, I actually like the underdog here in Dillashaw, the two-time former champ. I think that stylistically, the more I looked at it, he could be a real threat if, uh, you know, I, I, you know, if, 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 you know, age is not a factor, it's hard. We've only seen one solid round from him in the past few years. I know he just got done with a five round fight, but he got his knee pop for those who don't remember at the end of the first round. That's why he's been out for so long. So really from my perspective, for my job, I only really have a good round there to analyze honestly of of Dillashaw and he still looked really good with his eyes and his reactions, but it comes down to takedown defense for me current for this fight and his takedown defense is 86%. I think the most control time he succeeded was to Dominic Cruz at 33 seconds. You never see him with his back taken whereas Sterling, albeit rare and albeit he can still, and usually does win these fights more than he loses them. Sterling can be taken down. We've seen him on his back. We've seen people on his back. So in that situation, I feel like Dillashaw can control, deny, and he is the better striker. Speaking of Cruz, I think his game plan that he did against Dominic Cruz will serve him well here. I think we're going to see leg kicks and corralling attacks along the cage. I got Dillashaw here. I actually ended up making a, a, a small play on him as well on the money line. 
Checking out the money line right now on DraftKings as we're speaking. Sterling at minus 175, Dillashaw plus 150. We talked about what you feel like Dillashaw is going to do in that cage. And if you if you look at the odds right now, Dillashaw to win by KO, TKO, or DQ plus 500 by submission plus 1800. So I know you took Dillashaw money line. Any value in your opinion about taking Dillashaw by method of victory? Great question, because if you look at my... Uh official in-depth breakdown uh, over on MMA Junkie, you'll see that I officially picked Dillashaw by decision because, and the odds agree with me, that this fight probably goes to the decision more than it doesn't, but I feel like a late kick TKO or a late round TKO is very much on the table. So what I did do was I sprinkled on Dillashaw rounds four and five, which you can find anywhere in the neighborhood of plus 2,500 to plus 3,000. You know, so if you only wanted to put like, you know, 15, you know, uh, ducats, you know, $15 you don't want to see again, uh, you could have, you know, multiple hundred dollar returns of just one of those little flyers, as I like to call it, a little bit of money, a lot potentially coming back. Um, I did put a couple of those flyers out there. Rounds four and five, Dillashaw. Rounds four and five. You heard it here first. And of course, if you look at Dillashaw by decision right now on DraftKings plus 300. Uh, let, me, let me ask you this. We, we talked about the reasons why Dillashaw uh, has been at less active in the octagon. And, and we know why that is. Um, will that help him or hurt him on, on Saturday? That's a good question. That's one I don't have the answer to. And obviously who does, right? But what I can tell you in relation to that question is part of the reason why I picked Dillashaw, which is when I went back to look at his tape this time and last time I picked him against Corey Sanhagen as an underdog as well, is because Dillashaw, no matter what the circumstances, whether he's winning the fight, losing the fight, uh, as we saw last time, whether he's cut wide open or blows out his knee, right? Uh, He's coming back from a knee injury. That's the question here. Uh, we saw him still not not blink, not miss, not quit on himself, not quit on his team. He gets in there, and not only does he continue to fight and fight for your money, so to speak, from a gambling perspective, but he actually finishes strong whether he wins or loses, right? Or whether you think he wins or loses, depending how you score some of these fights. And that is really impressive. And I know we talk about the chemical correlations from his positive test, but he still did that same very trend on his last fight in the quote-unquote USADA era for whatever that's worth. So uh, that's how I would answer that question. And that's another reason why I ended up liking the Dillashaw side. It's always interesting when a fighter has time off because that could mean you're less active. You're not as fresh as sharp, but it could mean you had time to rest the body, maybe come back more motivated than ever. And to your point, we don't know. And that's one of the things that we're going to find out on Saturday. And I want to keep it at bantamweight. It's another fascinating matchup. And and I'm not just saying that these are actually fascinating matchups. These are really interesting storylines and fighters that we've been following for a long time. And that is, of course, Jan versus Sean O'Malley. This is a test for Sean O'Malley, right? This is this is the time that we get to see what this kid is made of. We, we see the hair. We see see what he's done against tough opponents. We see the the swag that he's got. This is this is a big one uh, for him, and of course for Jan as well. Your thoughts on this fight? Yeah, this is a really interesting one uh, for both guys, obviously. But I'm interested that the matchmakers put it together. Dana White. Uh, said that he had to be kind of sold on it. Now he did get sold on it. We're going to watch this Saturday, hopefully, uh, if everything you know lines up. But uh, but yeah, I do like Peter Jan in this spot. I, I ultimately think it's a tough spot for O'Malley. I'm not trying to be a hater. I know O'Malley certainly got a lot of those, but I try to put that stuff aside when I'm uh, breaking down these fights. 
And honestly, I feel like O'Malley, if he can't get it done in the first round, uh, he, he, can, he can and probably will have a strong first round, by the way. Peter Jan likes to kind of start slow, but it's more that he wants his reads. But either way, it'll leave room for O'Malley in that first round. However, if he can't get it done, uh, Peter Jan is going to be a demon in rounds two or three. Um, I'm not sure if he gets him out of there or not. I'm officially picking Peter Jan to do it by decision. Not as sexy of a number, uh, but that's the, uh, that's the official pick. Sometimes you take what you know will happen and you can, you can make that safe pick. Don't have to gamble too much. Uh, I know that we're going to run short on time here. So I'm just going to ask you about the rest of the card. If there is any matchup that sticks out to you, I know that your research, you are one of the most well-researched people in this industry. So I know that you've probably gone in depth on everyone all the way down in this card. ESPN news starts at 10 AM Eastern. And then you go to the main card at 2 PM Eastern on ESPN plus you can order that any matchup, Anywhere down the line that intrigues you and any spot for value that, that you found. You know, it's tough to get to every fight, especially these days in the slew. And I feel like my OCD uh, works for worse than it does better, but I appreciate that compliment. And for that reason, I'll, I'm going to give you, and not that I wouldn't be that, that, not that I'd be dishonest, but I'll be honest with you and give you the fight that I really well research and have some action on, which is Bilal Muhammad versus Sean Brady, big fan of Sean Brady. Uh, I feel like he's, he's, you know, the deserved favorite in a sense. Like I'm not surprised to see him favored, but he actually opened as the underdog. Bilal opened as the favorite, but the public flipped it. Now you have Bilal Bilal at plus money. That reason alone is just more than justified for you as a better to go place a bet on Bilal. But stylistically, it'll be a tight fight. It'll be a sweat. It's no, no, no lock or anything like that. Believe me, not in this game. It's going to come down to round two, but I got Bilal Muhammad here and I played his money line. No locks in this game. We've all learned that the hard way. Dan, Tom, you've been so generous with your time. I want to thank you so much for breaking it down. Enjoy the fights on Saturday, and I hope to talk to you soon, my friend. All right, man. Stay handsome over there, buddy. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Ask the Experts with Karen Bhatia. 